This is the Yoga Off the Mat podcast, a space you can learn how to deepen your connection with yourself, to live a fulfilled, passionate, and authentic life using the lessons from the mat. I'm your guide, host, and teacher, Amber Hagberg, and I'm here to inspire you to take time for yourself so that you can embody the practice of yoga and live your yoga on and off the mat. You're listening to Yoga Off the Map podcast with Amber Hagberg, episode number 38. And today I have a special guest, Nira. She is an embodiment coach, and I could go on to tell you all the things that she does and is, but instead I'll let her do the do this. <laughs> Hi, Amber. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Awesome. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so excited to chat today and talk a little bit more about um, embodiment and healing and energy and all the things. And so I talk, I work with um, empathic women mostly, and uh, I love to work with them to help them thrive emotionally, to show them how they are masters of their energy and how to master that energy and also how to heal the past along the way. And so some of the tools that I use are quantum somatic healing, Akashic records, neuro-linguistic programming, um, and a ton of other things that are in the tool bag, but uh, we do whatever is necessary to bring the, the deep sort of cellular healing to the surface. Mm, I love that so much. And for those listening and not actually sure what it means, can you explain what it means to be an empath? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I think that's such a wonderful question. Um, and before I kind of answer that, I just want to state that, you know, empathy, being an empath is about being able to uh, pick up on emotions and feelings around you. And so you're more sensitive to how others are feeling. Um, and you may be able to pick up on that before they are even consciously aware of it. And so an empath is someone that's more sensitive and more aware to that information. So, and it's not like there's only a, you know, only certain people are empaths or get to be empaths. I believe that we are all very sensitive and aware of information, but over time, because that sensitivity isn't uh, necessarily nurtured in everybody's lives at an early age, we have different coping mechanisms where um, some of us might turn down that sensitivity in order to survive. And some of us might find that that sensitivity is becomes heightened, right? So it all kind of depends on the experience that we've had in our childhood and in our life around that awareness and that sensitivity. So empathic people are people who are generally more aware of not only just the emotions, but also the energetics around them. And whether that's in a particular space or with another person or just even kind of globally, collectively what's going on and how you're feeling. And so the challenge sometimes can be in separating what is actually yours, what you are personally feeling within yourself and your field, and what actually belongs to somebody else. And 
and responding to that. So sometimes people can feel overwhelmed with the sheer degree of information coming in to their field and then not knowing, is this mine or is this someone else's? And until you learn that, you just tend to think that it's you and um, you know you haven't got a hold over your emotions or your feelings and you're kind of on this um, sort of up and down roller coaster experience sometimes. Yeah, I think that's a great introduction towards um, what an empath is, because oftentimes empaths at first, they they aren't aware that they're just a little bit more sensitive, more aware. And, you know, to break the stigma that being an empath is a bad thing, but actually it's a superpower that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I, I love that. Actually, I my le- the when on the day that we're talking, my last post on Instagram was just about that. It was about how let your sensitivity be your super, your superpower, because it is one rather than feeling like it's an uncontrolled thing that happens to you, right? Because once you gain that awareness, then you're able to decipher through conscious awareness and become sharper at knowing uh, when something has, you know, come in and impacted you and how to create those those boundaries within yourself, actually. Yeah. And for someone that doesn't actually know that, like, they're just a little bit more sensitive than others, like an out of balance empath would be, for example, can you give us like someone that takes everything on as their own, takes things personally? Like, what would that look like for someone that actually doesn't know that they're, they're more empathetic than others? Yeah, it can feel like what some of those things that you've mentioned, which is you, you feel like you're taking on the weight of the world all of the time. Uh, your mood might feel unpredictable. Like you may feel really great today. And then a few hours later, maybe you go out and about with your day and all of a sudden, like you're not feeling so great anymore. You're feeling down on yourself. Maybe you're having intrusive thoughts. Um, and it feels like this, this roller coaster that you're on. And sometimes a lot of times it, you actually can feel Uh, from what I've observed, is like this sense of frustration of like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I so sensitive to everything? Right. And that is an indication that you are an empath um, and that you may not be aware that you're an empath because you're kind of feeling like, hey, what's wrong with me? I'm so different from everybody. Everybody else seems to be able to move on with their life. But here I am worrying about all these things or, you know, you, you might be worrying about something that happened yesterday or something that might happen in the future or um, a interaction that you had with a person that where they seemed like something was going on and you picked up on that, but uh, there wasn't a conversation around clarifying that with that person. And so you find yourself feeling like you're more sensitive than other people and then therefore feeling a bit isolated because you're like, why am I like this? And why are others not like this? You know, and you're kind of questioning that. It's a really good indication that you are an empath. And 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 maybe you're not in strife. I don't want to paint this picture that empaths are always kind of like experiencing um, the intensity. Uh, maybe you just are aware that you sometimes know more than other people and um, are more sensitive and aware. And maybe you have coping mechanisms around that. And one of the things that really um, sort of I find uh, can, indi- can indicate 
how you're coping as an empath is if you had a an experience like a prolonged experience in your life where there was a lot of emotional intensity, maybe conflict or upheaval, especially in childhood, it can be harder as an empath now uh, because you learn to take on so much. Uh, at the emotional level, you probably held a lot of space for what was happening around you. And so your capacity, um, while it might feel like is big, it may feel like um, it's a little bit hard to manage or control sometimes now. Whereas if you had a relatively stable experience um, in your childhood growing up, it might be easier to you know kind of deal with um, being an empath and navigating the world like that. Mm, I love that. And how, when you, when you say navigate the world like that, how would uh, an empath start to take control of their emotions in a way that they're like able to lead from a grounded scented place rather than like, no matter where they go or who they're around, they take on, like you were saying, the weight of the world, like, is Mm -hmm. there boundaries? Are there some things like that they can do like in, in their mindset? Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that this is such an important conversation because um, while mindset is important, I have found that especially as an empath, because so much is happening at the unseen level, it's really deeply about energetics and the mindset and the emotional work comes in tandem with the energetics, which has to be there. And what I mean by that are two specific things. The first one is that a lot of times, even though you may be sensitive to what's happening around you, if you feel like you've taken it on and you're kind of carrying that with you and it just feels heavy in your body and in your system, chances are that uh, your auric field, your aura is... um, more porous than perhaps it could be, meaning that you can you are more susceptible to energetic intrusions from other people or energies. And I don't mean to, you know, that's not necessarily, that's not a scary thing. It's just about knowing how to manage your energy. And so one of the first things I always recommend to people is to start doing practices daily And it may seem like a bit of an undertaking, but just spending a few minutes in the morning and in the evening, finding ways that resonate with you to clear your energy, to clear your energy, really imagining that everything from the day is being wiped off of your aura. And you can do that in in a multitude of ways. You can imagine it. You can take a salt bath. You can, you know, there's different practices around that that you can look up and explore and see what resonates with you. Um, And also, um, and feeling and knowing that the field around you is strong and it's protective and um, that nothing can penetrate that. So, you know, there's that aspect of it. And then the other one is actually learning to stand in your energetic power. And so we as humans, I think we can probably all agree it's we have this bit of this monkey mind happening where we're constantly out of our bodies and we're in our thoughts um, and we're analyzing things and we're going from one thing to the next. And then we're on our phone on Instagram or Facebook and TikTok. And then we're hopping over to Netflix and, you know, we're always busy and distracted. 
uh, with our thoughts. And so it's important to learn to come back into your body and truly be in there. And, you know, people have a hard time. One of the most effective embodiment practices is your breath. It's coming back to your breath, watching and observing and being with your breath. And many of us struggle with that because after a few seconds or after a minute, you're out of your body. You're out of your body and you're in, you're in your thoughts. So if you are leading with your thoughts, then you are not in the body. And the body is the place of power. And so especially for women or women identifying people, it's very important to become aware of your your medicine bowl, your sacral chakra, your womb space, your yoni. That is where we have a major power center. And you know, due to a thousand, you know, thousands of years of patriarchy, we've been severed from that power within the body. And so simply by paying attention to that part of your body, spending a few minutes a day, just breathing, really bringing your entire energy in your being as if you're sitting in that part of your body and breathing and getting used to that is going to show you what it feels like to be in your body. And when you're in your body, then you know what it means to stand in the power of your fullness, you know, fully embodied. And so when you are affected or feeling rattled or feeling like um, something has changed within you to perhaps cause some anxiety or stress or change your vibration, you can know, you will know at that time that this has come from outside and it's not part of you because you know what it feels like to be in your body right? Because the the main issue I see to begin with is that people just don't know what it feels like to be in their bodies. And then you don't know how to decipher what's mine, what's someone else's. Yeah, that's a great takeaway too. And, And as you're saying, like, you know, to be fully embodied, to like tap into the body, the breath is such a powerful tool to take us into the body, but the mind is so powerful. So it really does take a lot of practice to be able to let yourself like drop out of the the mind and into the body through the awareness of breath and constant repetition like athletes they train at the gym um if you want to go go like run long distance you run every single day if you want to calm the mind it's the same way you practice breathing and the awareness of breath every day could you dive in a little bit more to what does it mean to actually be like body led and and how would that feel what would that look like mm, it's such a juicy question i love this question so much because to be body led is so unique that is some, that is such a rich area of discovery for each person. And, you know, body led is really about asking your body in, and, and I love what you're saying about repetition because it is repetition. And that is the most important part of this because um, at first it may feel like difficult or, Oh, I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about um, to connect to the body, but being body led is, asking yourself, well, how does this feel in my body? Right? So one of the, a simple exercise is to ask your, your body, body, how body say yes. And then you tune into your body, put your hand on your heart and you notice, 
how does your body respond to say yes? Are there sensations? Do you feel that in your heart, in your gut? Where do you feel it? And then you say body, say no. And then you notice any changes that are at the sensation level in your body. And then you can start to use that as a gauge with your body, you know, asking your body, hey, body, should I eat? Is it body? There's a banana, (laughs) you know, is this something I should eat? Yes or no. Um, Body, should I take this route home or that route home? Uh, Body, should I make this decision or that decision? And you continuously ask your body and you check in with your body. What does a yes feel like inside of me? What does a no feel like inside of me? And then so that's one aspect around decision-making. And then another one is when you feel emotion rise up within you, when you feel confusion, when you feel anything rise up within you that feels just like discomfort, you know, there's this tendency to ask, well, why is this happening to me? What's the reason? And we get very focused on the questioning around it or looking at, well, why am I here again? Or it's this person's fault. And we end up in like blame or judgment or avoidance or, you know, self-victimization or complaining. These are some common things we can get trapped in when something arises that's uncomfortable for us. But when we catch ourselves, the key is to catch ourselves when we are in that um, coping mechanism and then say, hold on a second. Before I was able to label this as bad, this thing that I'm feeling, whatever is arising for me, it had to come up as a sensation in the body because we feel everything as a sensation before we can label it with words. So if we come back to the sensation, we can ask ourselves, okay, how does this discomfort feel? You know, how does this stressor or how does this event or how does whatever has happened feel in my body? What are the sensations I am feeling? And then again, you go back into that sensation and you might say, oh, I feel that in, in my, um, in my womb, or I feel that in my foot, or I feel it as pressure in my head. And you just notice you're, you're having this witness consciousness where you're just observing the sensation and you're following it. Is it changing? Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it warm? Is it cold? You're really getting a texture and a flavor for it. And then you ask yourself, well, if it could speak, what would it say? If it sounded like someone, who would it sound like? If it was a color, a shape, what would it be? And you really begin to tap in and give it space. That's all you're doing. Because if you ever notice um, children, they will constantly be moving their bodies. Right? They're like shaking their arm and wiggling and jiggling. And this is how they process. Things come up for them. And they're moving it through their bodies. And, and, you know, you can see a child go from like happiness to anger, to tears, to then happiness and freedom, all, you know, all in a span of a few moments. And so naturally, we as human beings are constantly, we're meant to process our feelings, but we learn over time that certain feelings are acceptable and certain ones are not. And so when we enter that place of unacceptable feelings, whatever that might be, we tend to suppress it in the body and we don't give it space. So this process of asking yourself, well, where is it in my body? Where is the discomfort showing up in my body is simply giving space to your subconscious to feel it, to feel it, to see it, to witness it, to process it, and then to let it release and to give you whatever learnings or insights that it may need to give you. 
And so that is really, in a nutshell, how you begin to dive into this embodiment work. Mm, So many good practices there. And I love that you bring up the importance of repetition on this, because I know personally I've done that. Personally, I've done this before. And it's like, what does the body say to yes? What does the body say to no? And, and sometimes there's just not an answer. Mm-hmm. And other times there's an answer and it's so clear. Yeah. Yep. And that'll happen sometimes, right? Maybe there isn't an answer. Maybe that means wait, come back to me later. Maybe there's another question I should be asking. Right. And so it's all that's what body led is. It's okay. Body doesn't have an answer. Pause. Come back to it later. Right. And and trusting. And it is about repetition. And it's also about so repetition of the action, but repetition of the action leads to a repetition of self trust. And really, that's what this is about. Being body led is about being so deeply trusting in yourself. And knowing that you are a divine messenger for yourself. And so you build those muscles and you you learn, you know, personally, I know I had to learn and I'm continuously learning and I'm still on this journey of trusting myself. And there's moments I catch myself where I'm like, oh, I wish someone could just tell me how to do it or tell me what to do now, right? Or you know, or if something happens, this impetus to like pick up the phone and call someone to talk about it or message someone. And I think those are all really great things. I'm a big proponent of getting help. Uh, But I think that it's so important to first turn to you and flex that muscle of, yes, I can turn to me. I am an authority in my life. I can be the leader of my life and I can be my own medicine. And once you've done that, then call in all the supports that you need to help you along that way. But don't outsource your power from the get-go to someone else or something else. Mm, Yes, really reclaim your power and know that the answer does. You have the answer. And sometimes we just, we need the permission. We need the advice just to give ourselves the confirmation. But when we can really, like you said, tap into, to trusting ourselves, we, we know, we already know what we need. We know, we already know the answer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How does being body led have to do in relation to mastering your own energy and emotions? Mm. (laughs) Well, when you are body-led, you are developing that connection to yourself and you are being the authority in your life, right? So you are the one that is leading the experience of your life. And so once you can, and, and that involves like I mentioned before, that sort of that witness consciousness sort of witnessing and observing yourself. And when you're able to do that, you're no longer in a place. And, and I want to say this with compassion because sometimes we can be reactive and that's okay because we're human and that's part of the journey. But more and more, we want to be less in reactivity. So when we are when we have not yet mastered our emotions or our energy, we are often in reactivity. We are responding to what's happening in front of us, often with reaction. 
Whereas when you begin to become aware of your emotions, of your energy, and the subtle shifts that your body is feeling, you become in, you become in tune with yourself. And therefore, you begin to use that as clues and cues of what needs to happen next, right? So you're kind of like, um, instead of being in the like surprise or the why me or what's happening in the confusion, you begin to have this clarity and you're kind of like a detective and you're like, okay, this is coming up now. And you're curious. There's a lot of curiosity and exploration and and expansion. So this feeling of expansion in your being of, okay, what's what is this showing me? What's next? Whereas when we haven't mastered that within us, we're often in this feeling of contraction. You know, our energy is contracting. We're shrinking. We're containing ourselves, um, meaning that we're not. We're, we might be hiding. We're not really in our the fullest expression of ourselves because we feel like there is a threat. You know, and there the threats could be changing. Um, but we feel like there's a threat to, we don't feel necessarily deeply safe in our lives or in our bodies for various reasons. And so we contract, but when we begin to use our energy, our emotions, our experiences as clues, we become curious and we expand because we know that we're evolving into our wholeness. We have an opportunity to show up more in our fullness and that feels expansive. Right. So the difference is moving from this contracted feeling into a more expansive feeling. And I often like to use that with myself just to come back to these practices, to be self-led, to be the healer of my own life. I continuously ask myself, okay, is this experience causing me to feel contracted or expanded? And if I feel contracted, then I ask myself, okay, what is it that I'm containing? What is it that wants to be here? or wants to be seen, or wants to be felt, that isn't. And I use that as a way, another opening to help me step into being body-led. Mm, yeah, and I think it's great to like see the relation to the master, like how we can master our energy and, and what, the, what the energy is telling us but also at the same time to know that we feel that in the body. So mastering your energy and being body led is one in the same. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so if you have this place of like, I've mastered my energy and I'm body led, is this, is this how we set, we go from like a, a, an impact that is just getting by taking on other people's emotions, leaving you know, work events, gatherings, feeling emotionally drained to a place where they're able to go anywhere, do anything, and they still have their own energy, like they're clear? Um, I would say yes. And also there, hmm, yes, we'll have more energy, right? You'll feel thriving. You'll feel like, hey, I can do more in my day. I have more energy for this. Before I would you know, maybe have one appointment or go out to one thing or, you know, do this one thing. And then I'd feel exhausted for the day. And then I feel extra exhausted for the day or a few, few hours or a few days if something quote unquote negative were to happen, right? So that means your field, your energy 
is being breached on a level. So yeah, as you begin to work at the energetic and the emotional level and really stepping into your own power, your own medicine, you should be able to free up more energy. And so when you free up more energy, you have more energy to be, be out in the world. And so this is why a lot of times empaths can actually struggle with things like manifestation because you might have all the creative ideas in the world and you might you know, know exactly where you want to go and you've done the vision board and you've done all of that. But when it comes to maybe taking the action or sustaining the energy, it kind of can fall flat. And it, it's because a lot of times we haven't gotten a handle of our own energetics and having the own our own energy where we on the day-to-day feel like we are thriving from just this you know body mind soul perspective um and so yes to answer your question you should have more energy for that and also being an empath and really tapping into yourself when you become body led you'll know you know is today a day where i want to be involved in a lot of things and see a lot of people and just kind of connect to a lot of different energies? Or is today a day where I would like to have more space for me? And so being body led is checking in with yourself on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis going, how am I feeling? How am I doing? What do I need now? And really honoring that part of us. And that goes for people who are uh, see themselves as empaths and who are not, right? We can overstretch ourselves really easily. And we can also sometimes out of fear of burning out or taking on too much, we can actually avoid uh, more experiences that might be good for us as well. So just constantly checking in with the body and asking yourself, well, what do I want to take on? And it can be different day, for, day to day. Yeah, and I love I love the direction that you took that that um, question as as how we can feel drained when we take on just after one client. Whereas when you master your body, you master your emotions, you can go to three or four and have an abundance of energy afterwards. And that's a clear like indicator that you've gone into a place of being able to thrive as an empath. Is that what I'm gathering? Yes, I'm. That has certainly been my personal experience and. My experience with the people that I've worked with, um, I would say that 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 feels very true and very resonant. Yeah. Amazing. And so what would you say, like with your own personal experience and then the clients that you have worked with, like what's one thing that maybe the women that yourself have overlooked in order to thrive as an empath, in order to thrive as someone that is overly sensitive? I think what happens is that when you're really sensitive, so if you're an empath or highly sensitive person, oftentimes, and a lot of the resources out there will tell us, okay, well, you need to make some boundaries and you need to uh, protect yourself from these people and these environments that feel like too much. Um, And so while that's good advice, what can end up happening is that you begin to go on this spree of maybe like cutting people off or avoiding situations and circumstances that feel uncomfortable or feel like a lot. And that is a band-aid solution. And I personally experienced that myself for a long time. 
And if you're inclined to personal development and self-help and kind of looking at yourself in a deeper way, which I know your audience is that's listening to this podcast, then we also can tend to think, well, what's, what am I meant to learn here? Maybe I'm just meant to be more loving. Like all of these things are going on around me in my life. And maybe I just need to be a more loving and accepting person, right? And so we can begin to kind of step into that direction and that's still externally focused, right? And that can also leave us in this, um, in this sort of tension between, okay, I want to be powerful in this situation. I, I want to have control over how I feel in my being, but also uh, this person is like this or like that, or I can't handle this situation because it's like this or like that. And it becomes externally focused, right? These tools are externally focused. We need to bring that focus internal. We need to demystify what power really means right? Because we have been disconnected from our power. I believe as humans, we are in the infancy of knowing our power. And so when we come in the body, it actually feels uncomfortable. You know, it can feel nauseating. It can feel like you don't want to be there. It can feel like you'd rather do anything else in the world because maybe it's boring or just too much. And those are coping mechanisms. So, you know, in the beginning, we tend to, from what I, what I've seen, um, overlook what does that look like within me? Like, how do I become self-led? How do I actually show up and maintain my energy in an uncomfortable situation? How can I do that? Rather than how can I shut the door off to that situation so I never feel that again? So I want to be clear that I'm a big, big proponent of, of boundaries. I think they're so important. I think that sometimes you just have to say, yes, this is allowed in my life and no, this is not allowed. However, in addition to that, when we work at the level of energetics by reclaiming the power within us, by being in our own bodies, we can, we can then, we start to then say yes or no, simply by the energy that we are embodying. You're stepping into your deep power within you by being in your body, which in and of itself creates boundaries on its own because people feel that at an energetic level and they will learn to respond to you from that energy that you are standing in. Mm, yes, that's a, a quote there is like people will feel the boundaries that you have and hold it's, you know, especially those that are more, more nar narcissistic or power dominating dynamics that they know manipulation consciously or unconsciously. Um, they know who's an easier quote unquote target. And so just energetically, you don't have to say anything. I love that you brought that up is that how you hold yourself energetically, other people know how far they can go with you. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Nira. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm curious. One person out there is like, if you could give me one tip to help me with my sensitivity and my taking on other people's energy, where would you recommend I start? I would recommend that you start with doing auric field work. So you can look up how to strengthen my auric field, because that is really important for highly sensitive people and, and empaths. Um, and that is the first place that I would begin. Mm, thank you. And 
for those of you that aren't sure, or is just the energy that's outside of your body. And it can be different colors, different shades, depending on your energy and where you're at. So definitely go look that up if you're wanting to just tap in deeper to how to hold space for yourself and keep yourself safe and, you know, conserve your energy. Nira, if the listeners here are like, I want more of this. How do I become more embodied? How can I follow you? Where can I find you? Can you just drop some um, uh, best places to connect with you outside of this podcast? And those listening will also, you know, if you go into the show notes, you can find them there. Absolutely. I would love to connect with anybody who feels resonant with any of this. Uh, the best place to find me is on Instagram. I am there every single day <laughs> dropping helpful little tips for you. And so my handle is at Nira Lal. And then you can find me on my website at niralal.com. And I do offer um, complimentary discovery calls. If you just want to chat about the different ways to work together, uh, there's always classes coming up and one-on-one offerings. So I welcome you to connect with me and I shoot me a DM if you do, because I love to just know who's in the community and just get sort of a one-on-one connection with you that way as well. Well, that's so amazing. It's been so great to have you here today, Nira. And I know that those that are deeply connected to their emotions at a heightened place will find lots of value here. And even if it's just tapping into the breath. So thank you so much. I will put your show notes in for anyone that wants to come find you and connect with you. And we will chat soon. Thank you so much, Amber. It's been so great to be here with you. Thank you. And those of you here that are listening, you know, this podcast is about deepening the relationship that you have with yourself. So go out there, take a deeper breath, go on a solo date, walk in nature, nourish the one relationship that you'll always have forever, the one with you. We'll see you next time. And I want to thank you. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. It's an honor to know that people are listening and gaining value while generating their own insights. For more actionable tools and practices, head over to my Facebook group, www.facebook.com groups slash yoga for inner peace to learn more practices that you can put into your toolbox to reduce stress, build confidence, and create a community of other women who are like you wanting to better their lives to better their communities. Thank you again for being here. And if you're on social, post a photo of you listening to this and tag me, Amber Hagberg, so we can hang out online and continue growing this relationship, first from the inside and then from the outside. I'll see you on the next episode.